0: what's up everybody welcome back to another episode of 4-4-2. Cuatro Cuatro once again this is your boy christian and once again hey we're back with more uh, houston dynamo uh information games and you know the world of soccer and stuff like that um so first of all to begin we are going to be talking about the lafc versus obviously houston dynamo game we were out for like three weeks with no action um MLS action because, of course, you know, we've been seeing all these international games and stuff like that. Um, So we got back and we actually made it out to LAFC. And it was a tough matchup. You know, we don't do really well when it comes to going away. Uh, But I think getting a point in LAFC was pretty good. Um, We'll leave all the information that uh, happened today on Tuesday. Um, towards the end of the episode, but let's just get to the LAFC game real quick and then we can just kind of go and chit chat about what the heck is going on in, in our club. I think a lot of things are going to be happening here in the next uh, couple of months uh, coming up, but you know, let's get to that later. But yeah, so LAFC uh, Houston, of course, going up to LAFC is never a, an easy task for the Houston Dynamo. Well, honestly. Going anywhere for the Houston Dynamo is not an easy task. Um, going into this game, we were, out of the last 30 away games, we had only um, won two games, tied four games, and lost 24 games. So, as you can tell, obviously, literally, like, I don't, I'm not a math guy, but I think that's, like, less than 10%. Two out of 30? I, I don't know. So, I honestly, I don't know the math on that, but I think... I mean, it's probably less than ten percent. It's probably like five percent. I don't know, but I'm not gonna sit here and do math because um, math was probably one of the worst uh, subjects in school for me. So it is what it is. That and science. Science was terrible as well. Um, but I'm a I'm a history buff. So you know, if you if you want to talk history, we can do that. But yeah, going out to LAFC was very tough, especially when you have a LAFC going out with all the all the names. And literally everybody and their mama coming out to the stadium now that California has reopened. Um, you know their their stadium. Like I think it was full capacity, a hundred percent, and it was just like you know everybody and their mama. And you know how the the ambiance and the the way that the supporter groups or the supporter uh, culture in LA is very um, very. Uh, well, I mean. I think now with the news that we have now, I think the culture might change here in Houston. But obviously, as as we see uh, in LA, I think it, they're they're pretty big in supporting their teams. You know, LA of Galaxy or LAFC, which is very interesting. I always wanted to talk to LAFC people because it's it's just kind of weird how, like, probably a lot of those people wear, um um, there were probably LAFC, LA Galaxy fans, and then they just became LAFC fans. I don't know. It's just weird, weird dynamics in the beginning of clubs and the beginning of like soccer history. You know, in this country, like we're barely like going into like what twenty five years of history. Which, if you kind of think about it, like maybe like ten or fifteen of those uh, are like true, true like competitive in nature. Like I don't, I don't think the first 10 counts because there was only like eight game or eight teams or whatever i think but uh but it's interesting to see now because there's like 30, 30 teams and and when you look at leagues like for example premier league or you look at for example argentina league or like a bunch of different countries like for example you know i'm a boca juniors fan and the country was found or not the country the club was founded in 1905 so obviously they have over 100 years of like history and stuff like that and And there's actually a really good show, uh, a YouTube show, it's called in Spanish, it's called Tirando Data, which is basically this um, reporter guy and he goes and basically travels or like does like a history lesson on every single club in, at least in in Buenos Aires to start because there's so many in Buenos Aires. Uh, But basically like he breaks down their, their history and like their and basically, everybody was uh, founded in the early 1900s, most of them, because, you know, the whole migration of the Europeans and stuff like that. And that's when they were building clubs. So a lot of the history, like, started in the 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s for most of these clubs. So obviously, they have, like, 60, 70 years of, of like, history. So it's interesting to see, a, 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 like, a team, for example, like the, the Houston Dynamo, only 15 years young. You know we always talk about history, we always talk about um like supporter cultures and like um like for example of you know parents passing out to kids and then stuff like that like for example, me, I'm a first generation dynamo fan basically, and my like my sons and my grandchildren like they're gonna be a little bit more embedded, and I think that's what we we are starting to see like i think. The millennial generation are like the first generation of like true soccer fans in a way, you know, not diminishing any older people that, are, you know, are true soccer fans. But I think we are the ones like kind of getting to love or our like clubs and stuff like that. And then we are the ones that are going to pass it on to our kids and so on and so on, you know. But I just think it's part of like it's cool to see the history of like soccer, especially in this country. And we are literally part of that history in a way but yeah going back and before i started on my history rant of lafc it's, it's pretty interesting to see how well it would be cool to talk to a lot of people that maybe went from la galaxy fans to lafc fans i think that's a really interesting dynamic and also the the fact that the colors like one of them is white the other one is black and it's just i think it's cool how they had those they picked those two colors to basically not hate each other but you know go against each other in one city um but going more into the game, uh we saw Pasher back in the starting eleven, we saw Junqua, and to the surprise of many probably we didn't see Corona in the starting lineup. So we had Memo, uh we had Derek Jones if I'm not mistaken, and we have Vera. So it was like a semi defensive, you know, with those two, and then Memo kinda was like a number ten. Unfortunately for Memo we didn't get to see a lot of action from him. Uh, Just he seemed kind of lost in a way, um, which me personally, I thought I was going to see like a little bit more inspired memo, especially after being in that preliminary um, list of players going to the Gold Cup um, that he, you know, he was part of. Obviously, not everybody on that list will make it to the Gold Cup, but I just think it's cool that, you know, we have players in our team that are being, you know, potentially um you know, they have a potential to being called up to the to like, you know, the US men's national team. I think it's one of the coolest thing ever and, and obviously is it's good for our club. So, you know, that that says a lot about what we're trying to build and all that stuff, you know. Also, Borne Garcia was not a, a center back this time around. Um, so that's that's pretty good, you know, that I mean I'm not saying that he's bad, I'm just saying that he's not a center back. So I think it just it. It works out better um when we have minor figueroa and probably you know and tim parker there and also great news about tim parker later but you know we'll keep moving with the game first um so the first few minutes were pretty good we came out pretty strong um we saw more of the attack in like the first ten ten minutes but then literally after like the 10 15 minute like it was all lafc and they just you know attacked 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 and and they attacked, but it wasn't like super dangerous. It wasn't that, you know, Marco Marge had like a very, in, like, super busy game. Um, But, you know, knowing what LA Galaxy, LAFC, sorry, not like LA, what LAFC brings to the table, you would think, you know, that they were going to be a little bit more dangerous, a little bit more, I don't know, I guess just dangerous, you know, a little bit, maybe. I don't have any stats in front of me. Just, let me see. Let me look up some some apps on the MLS. dot com. Well, my computer's super slow, so I'm not gonna even gonna try. But um, but then in the second half, um, literally, uh, well. We were not doing so hot. Literally, our first shot on goal came in the second half in minute 60 or around minute 60. So literally, it took the Houston Dynamo about an hour to get one shot on goal. And and honestly, that's all it took because literally one of the first few shots that we had on goal was a goal by Maxi Urruti, Um That came from, obviously, a really great run from Fafa Picot. I think uh we have seen that you know maybe a lot of people doubted fafa or Ruti you know as being some guys that and maybe this is gonna sound bad, but some guys that maybe were recycled you know in the m l s uh having passed through through like you know a couple of different clubs and they were pretty successful you know in their clubs whenever they played, but you know a lot of people don't like to see. Well, I mean, me personally, I don't mind it as long as they're like good and you know, they play the role that they have to play. Like Fafa is playing at the moment, I think he's he's probably one of our better players right now, just because he is one of the most creative ones. And and when I say creative, I mean like in a, in a in an attacking way. You know, he's one that creates the most attacking chances for the Dynamo. So it's. You know, it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have him because he's you know he's he's our our difference maker in a way. And then of course you know Uruti, um, not a big name, you know, but he's known around the league in a way. And he has proven himself to be a a, a goal score a goal scorer. You know, he has scored in almost every game. I think his personal uh, uh, count came to like five or six, if I'm not mistaken um out of what seven eight games so that's not bad you know i think that's what we expected from you know that's what we expect from a forward a forward that can come in and just scored you know you don't need 300 chances you know if you get one chance just put it in the back of the net and i think maxi urruti has been doing his job properly and and he's a hustler i mean him and um urruti and fafa Are proven hustlers and like they'll run every ball they'll fight for every ball and i think we i mean me myself i am very content with what they have brought to the table so i ain't tripping about that you know um another person that was kind of lost in a way that i think we were all expecting a little bit more of was uh pasher uh pasher obviously he came in into the mls from the usl and he had really really good promising uh first like three four games where well, we, you know, where well, we saw like the potential and the amount of talent that you know the kid has. Uh, unfortunately, he got hurt, so obviously he had to sit out. And then you know, obviously we had this this break. So you know, seeing Pasher, you know, just made everybody happy just because of the quality of player that he is, and also the danger that he can bring it into a team. Uh, it like w- you know to the Houston Dynamo against any any team. You know, he doesn't really get scared of playing against the big boys but um but yeah that was Tyler Pasher uh what else uh Tim Parker I think he was pretty solid Valentin was solid another one that we saw that it was kind of I don't know if confusing or kind of gave you some questions to ask was the fact that Junkwa started over um, um Adam Lund- Lundquist. I never I I think I'll die, and I'll never sit, pronounce his last name correctly. But Adam, so Lundy, there you we go, we'll keep it at Lundy or Adam. Um, he, oh man, Orlando's whooping San Jose four zero by the way. But yeah, um, was, what was I saying? Uh, Lundy. So Lundy, yeah, I, you know, obviously he was an un, un, undisputed starter on the left back, sec, you know, part of the field uh he has really good projection when it comes to you know to the attack and i mean we didn't see anything coming out of that and i think jungkwa played a really good game i think he was one of the higher rated uh, i have the foot mob app so if you don't if you need an app to like keep up with like you know uh numbers and stuff like that foot mob is a great app to keep up with your like favorite teams and stuff and they give you, like, a rating for each player at the end of the game. And Adam, uh, sorry, Sam Junqua had one of the higher uh, ratings. And, I mean, and it comes to be no surprise because he had a really good game. You know, he was going against, you know, Atuesta. He was going against Vela. He was going against, like, very uh, important names in the league. And, you know, him being a young kid, you know, I think this is his second season, which the first season he didn't really play much. He only played a few minutes. Uh, and the whole season and then coming into the season and kind of kind of earning his spot as a starter or as a person that can come off the bench and do it properly I think has given people a lot of promise because to be honest in the past few years that I've been following the Dynamo when it came to guys that were drafted literally they all just went to RGV or they're just like, uh, like you just forgot about them like the week after that they were drafted so seeing a guy kind of um, t- you know, being able to get drafted and, and being able to like play, I think is, you know, I think is awesome. I think he speaks well of who he is as a person, the dedication and the fight that you obviously have to put because one thing is, um, you know, I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, Rudy and Crossing Soccer Borders. They uh, just actually had a uh, conversation. They did an interview with a guy that was drafted in the MLS. Uh, I forgot his name right now. But a guy that, you know, was able to get into that possibility or chance to, you know, go from college to the MLS, you know, and the guy talked about a little bit, the little bit that I heard, um, he talked about, you know, that, yeah, you get drafted, but also you have to go and fight for your spot. And so, you know, going into, you know, yeah, you get called up to the roster, but one thing is getting called up and getting, you know, like like a minimal contract or whatever, but one thing is like playing and actually making it far and actually becoming a starter, or like a successful MLS player, and I think Sam Junqua, you know, he's a he's very young still. Um, obviously, his second year in the MLS, so he's, he still has a lot to learn and a lot to live. But I think he's doing a heck of a job so far with what he has been tasked to do. And going against like you know Carlos Vela, won a, you know MVP a couple of years back and you know top goal scorer and all these stuff. You know, it's no easy task to ask. To a semi-rookie, basically, of like Sam Junkwa. Um I think, being all that said, I think we are still looking forward for maybe like Ethan Barlow, um, and maybe a couple other guys that you know. We we are you know like Bajamich. Like we're still trying to figure out what what the hell is going on. You know, getting a player like Bajamich, you know, one point one million dollars when we're not used to spending money. Uh, as a, as a club, you know, obviously today marks a new start a new beginning for the club um but you know you you start to think about you know like you know what what are we going to do with like a um how how you know lassiter was a an addition by Tav Ramos, so i think he's going to see a lot of more playing time uh and then obviously christian Miras, there has been some news that he's he has been you know in in quotations virtually uh sold or like virtually done deal with aberdeen from scotland so you know uh, if he does happen to leave, you know, the best love to Christian, I think we all wanted to see a little bit more from him in the Dynamo, you know, especially right after um, uh, Manotas left. And, he, you know, he was who was supposed to be our starting number nine. And then obviously Uruda came by and he was like, nope, that's my position. But I think uh, Christian Mirrors, you know, other than being a, uh, seems like to be a great guy. Obviously, I don't know the guy, but he seems to be a good dude. And you know we wish him all the best in Scotland. I think you know it's it's probably a step forward for him to move to Europe and and probably get some more visibility over there. So, but yeah, man. But the, also that that opens the door, you know, because you cannot have only one striker in in your club. So it it opens the door to maybe a Lassiter to become the second the second forward, uh, you know, the person that could replace Oruti when when it's needed. Or are we going to bring another striker with, like, a bigger name than Ruti? Are we going to bring, like, a replacement for Ruti? So it's like, you know, Christian being so kind of brings a little bit of questions when it comes to, you know, who's going to be the person competing for that spot, you know, because you always want that competition to keep the guys kind of sharp, you know. You don't want Ruti to get complacent and to, like, feel like, you know, Since he's the only one in that position, you know, he's not going to have to compete or fight or or whatever, you know. He doesn't seem like a type of dude that would, like, lay off, you know, take the foot off the gas. But, you know, you never want to keep everybody too complacent in where they're at. You know, you want to push them to to get better and stronger and, you know, score more goals, basically. But being that said, I think we should move on into the next... um, segment here of Cuatro Cuadrados, which we're just going to talk about what the heck is going on in the Dynamo world uh the Dash world as well um so the Houston Dynamo has a new owner I think everybody has heard the news now for maybe like a month or two or so that you know there were it was in the talks and we are freaking excited because that means that you know It means a lot of things. I mean, one of them means that Gabriel Brenner is not our own, our majority owner anymore. He's a minority owner. And I think a lot of people did not like, um, you know, did not like him, period. You know, I'm not, no ifs and buts about it. You know, they just didn't like a guy that didn't really seem to care. And, you know, people like Oscar de la Hoya or just other people that, you know, are part of this ownership group that, don't really seem to care i mean i know is there money and i know that obviously there is some interest in the in the team um, uh, 'cause because obviously they want to make money but it's like do they really care about you know the fans they do they care about you know the support of like the people that pay to you know to go to the games or people that you know get invested emotionally maybe or with time and you know just support the team as a team or as a club so um, now we have um, Ted Siegel, this younger guy, you know, an an immigrant guy. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything, but usually, you know, I mean, because Gabriel Brenner is, I guess, technically an immigrant too. He's of Mex- he's a Mexican guy, um, which we thought it was good, probably going to be good because you know, having Mexican ties, maybe he was going to bring Mexican players, but he only brought Google, and he didn't do too hot. You know, he did a, he did decent. Um, but now with Ted, sorry, uh, it seems like he's, I mean, to what the press conference that I think most of us saw, and if not, I think is on the, on the website, on the Houston Dynamo website, you are able to see it, you know, the statements that he made. And basically he said, you know, he was like, I'm going to provide resources to make the Dynamo, you know, the number one team in the MLS and the Dash as well, um, and I think this is very promising. I mean, I think, uh, like, you know, shout out to Victor Arisa from the Striker, Texas. And he posed a question to, to Ted and, you know, basically told him, you know, like, we heard this before. We heard, you know, basically from Gabriel Brenner that, you know, he was going to do the best that he could. And obviously he didn't, you know, in, in our eyes. But, you know, what was going to make him different? And the guy, you know, he was like, you know, he seems like a genuine soccer lover, you know, soccer guy that loves the sport, loves, you know, to win. You know, he looks like a winner. I mean, I don't know. He's, he's a young guy that literally just spent $400 million on a team. So, obviously, he loves to win money and he loves to win in life, basically. So, you know, that's what you want from a guy that is the owner of the club that you love. You know, a guy that is going to be, you know embedded into the culture into the club and and the guy is not only doing that but he's already like in the mls um committee governor's committee or some shit and and like those are the people that are in charge of like bringing the world cup obviously to the u.s and he's in charge you know he's gonna join like the committee to bring the world cup to houston so obviously he's very committed into what the the sport is going to do to the city and and like everything that you know, basically, because we all know, and I keep saying it and I will say it forever, Houston is a soccer city. You can literally turn around, go to any park, and you'll see people playing. You see all these leagues popping up. You know, the the culture is here, and, like, and I think we're trying to build it. I think this generation is building a, a great soccer culture, and, you know, there's great leagues out there. You know, there's great people putting stuff together, you know, from... Um, from sports social, the, you know, you know they're working on their app to do pickup games to Houston town with their futsal. You know, from the from you know Sebastian and the Volt League, and you know just you know the guys from Dynamo Theory crossing soccer borders. You know, and all these like uh, podcasts and all these shows and everything. You know, soccer matters with Glenn Davis, the striker Texas, uh, and you you can just start naming like you know soccer people that want to see, like, the soccer culture bloom and, like, just flourish in, like, not only the state of Texas, but, like, in Houston itself. And I think we are at a verge of, like, something great. And, you know, and obviously I want to be part of it. And I think, you know, you guys want to be part of it as well. And I think we we got a person that really cares. And he wants to, you know, obviously use his power and his resources to, to kind of turn that around into the city. So... I'm very excited, honestly, like me, I'm very happy, Uh, super happy, and literally on that press conference, he introduced uh, teenage Habidi, I think it is, and that I think everybody was waiting for, you know, for the transfer to happen, and he basically said, you know, he's going to be our new DP, uh, you know, starting, basically starting center back, so it's going to be, you know, a lot of fighting in the back with like Minor Figueroa and, you know, Ethan Barlow. Uh, whenever he gets good. And and obviously, I think Tim Parker, you know, being our captain, basically. And he actually got an extension for three more years. So I think we're going to have a solid, you know, starting uh, center back couple uh, pair. And I think our, our back line is going to get stronger than ever. You know, we have a great goalie in Marco. You know, a young guy that's still learning. and And, you know, he's surely you know, becoming one of the better goalies in the MLS, in my opinion. I mean I don't know. Uh and I think I think we you know, if we have you know Ted, you know, kinda keep up with his word, I think we are going to build a, a new Houston dynamo uh that can that's gonna fight for championships, that are going to be fighting with the big boys, you know, with the with the Philadelphias, with the Atlanta's, with the LAFCs, with the Miamis, maybe monetarily. And you know, we probably won't be the top of the top, but I think we'll be fighting up there, you know. I think humbly we're going to be, you know, the fighting the fighting city. And it's gonna be hard. I think we're gonna it's gonna be hard, but I think it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of work, but I think if everybody gets behind this project, I mean I think I think we can turn this goddamn city around and just make it a, a giant soccer town. And I'm me as a fucking podcaster, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm very excited to what this what this is gonna do like not only for the city but like for myself, you know. I'm fucking excited to, to be doing a, a soccer podcast uh with people that really love the sport and you know, people that support, you know, the sport and that support people that love the sport. So with well, being that said I guess I'll go ahead and shout out my Patreon. <laughs> uh so patreon.com slash 442 see if you want to keep supporting uh but i mean there's there's multiple you know people to support so you know i don't want to be selfish but go support you know all the other soccer podcasts go support you know anything soccer related in the city you know sign up for your for your for your sunday league man like get a team together you know sign sign up on the league you know there's so many leagues out there you know i play i play in one in the vote league you know with with uh are here and katie and like those are you know there's a lot of great things coming there um but yeah man i'm very excited uh to where you know this may lead us um also we we got a new ceo um he was a former houston texans uh some guy you know (laughs) i don't know i don't really follow the texans to be honest i i know that i probably should because i live in texas but you know Football, I kind of let go. I had I had to let go of football when I went in to the Dynamo full full time in a way. I mean, I wasn't really a Texas Texans guy, but you know, I just fell in love again with with soccer, and I just kind of put all my energy into the sport. You know, as as I did at one point, but um, I'm I'm back invested into the sport, and and I really love the fact that we are sitting in seventh place. Uh, tomorrow we have a game with. Um, portland at home unfortunately i won't be able to make it because my ass has to be at work the next day at three in the morning so it's going to be very hard to wake up if i go because i'll be getting home around midnight or so so i'm just gonna have to watch it at home uh but other than that man i really appreciate everybody uh supporting there's somebody crying outside there's a baby crying outside my window creepy as shit but yeah thank you everybody for supporting don't forget to uh go follow dynamo theory go follow the boys over there go follow uh cross and soccer borders go follow the houston Dyna. what's it called the Dyna Dyna dino pod i think it is that boy is as funny as hell uh and everybody man generation orange and and all those guys that are you know the po that are putting up you know content uh together for for everybody go follow you know um the guys from down in the valley they're doing good stuff over there uh with RGV. so i think there's a there's a lot of stuff uh to be said man but i think we are at a verge a verge uh of something great and yeah man i'm excited so let's keep doing it uh don't forget um yeah just follow social media and if you forget, you forget. It is what it is. But, yeah, man, that's my time. I'm about to hit the 30-minute mark, and I wanted to keep it on 30. So I think I made my uh, my dreams come true of actually keeping up with my time today. So shout-out to everybody. Hold it down and all these stuff that everybody's saying nowadays. And, yeah, man, let's get a winning team back in Houston. Deuces.